Welcome to Walking Alongside, where we discuss how mental health counseling and its integrated therapies can help you learn, understand, and implement ways to help you live a more fulfilling life. Hi, I'm Sharon O'Connor, and welcome to the Walking Alongside podcast. Here together, we explore practical therapies that we can all use to help move us through our emotional sticking points and gain a better sense of self and well-being. In this episode, I want to talk to you about stress, what it is and what we can do about it. In a nutshell, stress is a burdensome challenge to a system. Over time, the burdensome aspects of psychological stress involve negative emotions, which often accompanied by environmental factors that are unpredictable and uncontrollable become stress. It's kind of like somebody stuck working on an assembly line that keeps speeding up while there's all these people yelling and talking. But here's a really key point. Challenges alone do not equal stress. We can face our challenges with positive emotions and a sense of capacity and control. Now, these are challenges that build us up rather than tearing us down. As an example, my son is a rock climber and he has been for decades. So there he is, way up there, pushing off these teeny tiny little thin edges about the size of a wafer, stabilized by holds that the tip of his fingers can only touch. The wind is whistling and he is having the time of his life. Definitely challenged, but he doesn't feel stress. In fact, when he's climbing, he feels determined, he feels capable, he feels supported by other climbers. He knows the rope is strong. He knows what he's doing. In other words, he has a sense of positive emotion, capability, and control. And all these things put together take away any stress for him. What he feels is just that beautiful, wonderful experience in nature. The key point here about stress is that what's stressful for one person isn't necessarily stressful for another person. Rock climbing is comfortable to him, and so he continues to do it. Now, my other son, his brother, on the other hand, has a bit of a fear of heights. So climbing is not enjoyable for him at all. He prefers fishing. Anyway, again, the key point to remember is what is stressful for one person may not be for another. You know, another important point about stress is that often it's the less noticeable day-to-day stressors we experience that tend to tear us down 
And it's these less noticeable day-to-day stressors that I'd like to talk to you about. You know, it's a serious topic that often gets ignored because people just figured, well, that's just the way life is. Mm, Let's consider an example from nature. Let's think about how an animal responds to a threat. So they're mostly chilling out on the Serengeti, eating their grass, hanging out with other, let's say, zebras. They're having a perfectly fine time. And then they notice the grass moves and a lion appears. As the lion goes after a zebra, the zebra takes control of his situation and employs his defense of running away. And then one way or another, things resolve themselves. Either the lion catches the zebra or the zebra outruns the lion. And, and this is key, he just goes back to chilling with the herd. Either way, they have dealt with a very, very high level of relatively short-term stress. Now, let's think about our modern life. We're not beset by predators, but we are facing those low to moderate levels of long-term stress. Mm, Let's call that the pink zone. So you're just floating around in this undefined, inexplicit, threatening stuff in our daily life that we have some concern about, but we don't have control over. So we're kind of okay, but we find ourselves saying things like, I'm just not sleeping well, and I just don't feel motivated to go do that, or, oh my God, I've got all of these obligations. All of that moderate, long-term stress leads to the accumulation of something that we call allostatic load. And over a long enough period of time, that allostatic load has been shown to have a lot of different health costs of various kinds. So the key point here is experiencing a lot of low-line stress over a long term is detrimental to your health. Now, there's a really interesting distinction here between stress levels. On one hand, uh, let's call it the green zone in which there's a certain amount of low-level activation of the sympathetic branch of the nervous system. Here, we're participating in our endeavors with passion. Maybe we're working or in school, but the point is we're engaging with our world. Passionate engagement, kind of like my son's rock climbing. Passionate engagement offers us a really deep sense of ease. But then, there's the next level. 
here, there's a lot of sustained sympathetic nervous system activation along with a related so-called stress hormone. Generally, things like cortisol and adrenaline. That, that person doesn't feel upset. They're not feeling unhappy, but they are sustaining a higher level of output, like the zebra's running, which over a long period of time will induce a measurable allostatic load. And then there's yet a third level, and let's call this the red zone, in which there's a combination of extreme sympathetic nervous system activation and extreme parasympathetic nervous activation along with the freeze response. And that's the, well, I can't control this, so I do nothing. Now, combine all that with a higher amount of negative emotion. And here we begin to move from level one through level two and into level three. That's that red zone. Now, level three is where we start really accumulating allostatic load. Mm, here we may be working long hours, but because of some unexpoken expectation or the satisfaction of a paycheck, we not, may not be registering that we're feeling stressed. You know... I often wondered, how, how can that be? How can you not feel that stress? And I finally came to the realization that most of the time, you know, those creatures out on the Serengeti, um, well, most of the time, they're just chilling. Like those zebras. They're mostly just hanging out. And let's consider what our hunter-gatherer ancestors may be doing. Studies have shown that they typically got all of the calories they needed for their successful life in about four hours of work. However, our workday has evolved into about eight to 12. And, and when you add in the commute and take homework, it becomes even higher. So it's important for people to appreciate that you can accumulate allostatic load over time by just having sustained drive and pressure, even if you felt okay along the way. You know, I want to make a really, really interesting and important point here. It's all about the ways in which stress is compounding. It may not be working long hours that you find stressful. Rather, it's your response 
to those long hours. You see, when we're stressed, we change our behavior. And we change our behavior in ways that seem, at least temporarily, to make a lot of sense to us. So after sitting at work all day, you might feel as though you need to relax. You could join friends at the local meeting place, but you just don't have the energy. So you drive home, you lay on the couch, and then you decide, hmm, it's too late to make dinner. So you order a pizza. You enjoy your Coke or your beer along with your pizza. And then you settle in for a night of TV before going to bed. (laughs) Once in bed, you zone out to some eye-catching TikTok or Facebook or dating site, all in the name of relaxation. So without our noticing, we are gradually building up our allostatic load not necessarily by working long hours, but by our lifestyle choices in reaction to our working long hours. And again, these choices may make sense in the short term, but tend to increase stress in the long term. So, you see, lifestyle choices are ways we self-soothe. Eating certain kinds of foods and withdrawing socially from other people could actually be very healthy for us in small amounts. But remember, these are the exact behaviors that make sense for us in the short term, but tend to increase in the long term. One thing I'd like to talk about later is the ways in which social support actually insulates us from stress. And so if we're retreating inside of ourselves to conserve our effort and energy by not socially engaging, that can actually increase our stress in the long term. So this is something that I'd really like you to pay attention to. Another interesting note is in the current literature, there is a return to fundamental, basic lifestyle factors that influence these basic lifestyle factors in our psychology. Basic things like getting daily exercise, eating good food, Spending time in nature, having some fulfilling relationships, taking some time for recreation. When you add up all of these lifestyle factors, you'll see that they'll play an enormous role in people's physical and mental health. You know... I understand that some of you listening might say, but what if I don't have enough time for this? What if I'm having a hard time finding fulfilling relationships? 
What if I'm under so much pressure because of my work life? And that all might be true, but I still want to highlight the importance of those underlying lifestyle factors. If you're in an environment that does not offer all of these lifestyle factors, you may want to consider asking yourself, how can I move into an environment that has more of these things? That doesn't necessarily mean only a physical environment, and it can also mean your life, your, your thought space. Take a real look at your life and ask yourself, is it true that I really need to do this? What can I modify? Do I really need to get all worked up about this? Do I really need to care about that? You might find there's a middle ground. So I encourage people to ask themselves, am I doing this because I really want to or because I'm trying to impress or please somebody else? Ask yourself, what benefit am I getting by working these hours? Am I doing this because I want this way of life? Or is it just that you've bought into the notion that if I'm not exhausted at the end of the day, I haven't been working hard enough? What I'm asking you to do here is to be aware of how you're living your life. You may say, I knew going into this would be difficult. And I know that there's going to be an end to this. You may say, just a few more years and the kids will be out of college and then I can do something different. This then is a willing sacrifice and people sacrifice all the time. Giving of themselves for something they perceive as greater than themselves. The point is Know what you're doing and why you're doing it. However, if you're feeling like a victim in your life, saying things like, I'd like to spend more time with my family, but my company won't let me take more time off. Or, I won't need, I wouldn't need this job and work all these hours and make all this money if I didn't have all these kids. Whoa, let's get real here, folks. This is you not taking ownership of your life. And this attitude is an open door for stress to come into your life. Our attitude can insulate us from the ill effects of stress just as much as a healthy diet and exercise. And remember, what may be stressful to one person may not be stressful to another because of their attitude toward it. So what do we have to regulate our stress? What's out there? What do we have 
that we can use to regulate our stress. As we've just mentioned, we have our attitude. Our attitude is a choice, folks. We have our diet. We have exercise. We have relationships. And here is yet another, my favorite. We have nature. There's a growing <clears throat> there's a growing body of research that's suggesting that even spending 20 minutes walking in a natural environment can significantly reduce the negative impacts of stress. So if you're somebody who spends a lot of time outside, consider the or excuse me, a lot of time inside. Consider the benefits of getting outside. Just walking around the block or even the parking lot can be helpful for people to de-stress. However, sometimes, as you know, <clears throat> what's happening outside can still be stressful, like construction. <laughs> take or take driving for an example. If your commute is making you stressed, perhaps you should empower yourself and take a few more minutes and take a less hectic route. You know, stress comes to everyone. And when it does, be mindful of it. Notice it. Say, yep, here comes the stress. And recenter yourself. Mitigate what you can and then keep on going. Stress is a normal human experience. It's something that we will all experience throughout all of our lives. But be mindful and remember, number one, extreme stress in short doses is less harmful than prolonged low doses of stress. And number two, what may be stressful for one may not be stressful for another. And number three, we all have choices to help us control our allostatic load, such as exercise, diet, attitude, nature, and relationships. And number four, we want to keep both our effort and our stress in a kind of a Goldilocks zone, not too little and not too much. And finally, number five, along with lifestyle choices, we owe it to ourselves to become aware of the resources and tools available to help us reduce stress and truly live our best lives. Thank you for listening. To learn more, visit integratedtherapiesnc.com.